Welcome to the Half Boards. I'm Kyle Crichet, and this is episode 27, the 2016 NHL Draft Preview. That's uh, going to be happening tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, so we're going to quickly run over some of the picks. Uh, you know, some of these are for sure. Top three is probably locked in. Uh, but we're going to look at some of the, the mid-round guys, maybe some of the depth guys, some of the later picks in that first round, uh, who we think will go where. Uh, for some housekeeping, remember, check us out on Twitter. We're the Halfboards19. Uh, give us a follow there. Uh, Facebook, search up the Halfboard Show. Uh, Gmail, you want to get in contact with us, uh, the Halfboard Show at gmail.com. Uh, questions, comments, concerns. Uh, now, I'm going to jump right into the draft stuff. I know we didn't really do much of a Stanley Cup recap. Uh, I think it was covered fairly decently. I don't think it was all that exciting of a series. I think it was fairly predictable. We talked about it before the series started that the Sharks, A, wouldn't be able to keep up with Pittsburgh's speed, which was quite clear throughout that uh, Stanley Cup final. And B, we also talked about that the Sharks are riding a uh, incredibly high PDO. Basically, PDO is a measurement for luck. They were, they, they were getting bounces. Um, and, and should any of their PDOs have declined, especially those top players who were way up there, uh, they were going to be in some trouble, uh, and all, all of their top players saw a decline. It also hurt them losing Tomash Hurdle, um, a big hit. Uh, you know, part of me feels bad because I, I think that was probably Joe and, and, and Marlo's last, last real shot at it. Um, but, you know, part of me is excited. I think Pittsburgh Penguins play an exciting game. I think the NHL is kind of trending that way. Uh, it will be funny to see the copycat teams try and pull off the same strategy and and fail miserably just because they don't have near the personnel uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have. Most teams don't even have a Phil Kessel caliber player, let alone a Sidney Crosby and an Evgeny Malkin on top of that. But I think it makes the open market very interesting, especially around the draft where these kids' value seems to have rocketed up a little bit. And, uh, you know, the value of, of, of a defenseman is maybe leveled off a little bit. We've seen the last few years the price for a defenseman seems sky high um, and people really paying out the ass to, to, to get a, even a mediocre defenseman. Now, I think, I think that kind of shifts the market, which is a very interesting time because I think there's a lot, of, a lot of decent defensemen out there. Now, we've seen Alex Goligoski already signed by the, the Arizona Coyotes for $5.5 million. We've seen Keith Yandel snatched up by the Florida Panthers for $6.3 million a season. Both got dollars. Both got terms. Uh, you know, the market is fluctuating right now. There's a bunch of very enticing RFA uh, defensemen that still have yet to be signed, like Hampus Lindholm, who we've been saying on the show for a while, is an absolute heavyweight. Uh, and his, his counterpart, sort of, same draft year, two positions earlier, Morgan Riley just signed a 6 by 6 So uh, Hampus Lindholm has the exact same amount of points 
as Morgan Riley and is much better in every single other statistical category there is possible. He plays against the toughest competition in the West. He has a monstrous 57% Corsi last season. Uh, he's just a puck possession uh, animal. He is a top pairing defenseman who can do it all. And so if Morgan Riley signing a 6x6, six six, I would consider the Ducks lucky to be able to match that because they should be paying more. He is the better defenseman, uh, no matter what your East Coast bias wants to tell you about Morgan Riley. Um, but regardless, it's going to be a busy market. That's why I'm also excited for the draft tonight. There's likely going to be some trades, some moves, who's going to shift, who's going to go where. Uh, you know, we're hearing rumblings all the time of some high-end moves. I, I don't think anyone trades themselves out of the top three. I can't even really see anyone trading themselves out of the top ten. Maybe Montreal trades down. But other than that, I think I think these teams are fairly locked. So we'll brush over the first three guys real quick because we kind of know where they're going to go. Austin Matthews to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, We've been seeing this forever. He's already been pegged by as the savior by Leaf fans. Um, things I do like about Matthews, 6'2", 216 pounds. Uh, he played with the men last year in Zurich, Switzerland. I like his approach. He's had a unique approach to all of his, his hockey career. Uh, you know, whether that's growing up in Glendale, Arizona, playing on the fake ice pads and the mini ice pads uh, to, uh, you know, foregoing college and, and major junior and deciding, no, I'm going to, I'm going to play with the men right away, professional in Switzerland. And I'm also going to get paid right away. I'm going to start getting paid. I, I think that's a very interesting route. I think that really changes a lot of things for how prospects of the future look at, at what it takes to, to get drafted or what they need to be doing. Uh, you know, unless you're on the London nights and they're slipping you that under the table money that we've uh, heard rumored for so long but otherwise uh, opening up Europe as an option is a very interesting interesting idea for for future prospects I think um, now obviously the biggest hurdle he's going to have is not even really a skill one it's going to be just dealing with the pressure and the god-awful media that is uh, covering Toronto sports on a regular basis uh, you know guys like Steve Simmons who are just pure trash, ripping up players for no good reason, uh, you know, no real grasp on what's going on or, uh, you know, what what it takes to really build and, and develop a team. But, uh, you know, the loudest voice kind of always seems to make its way to the top in, in Toronto there. So we'll see. Can Lou Lamorello keep, uh, keep the reins tight on him and, and protect him from that media? Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, that's all the pressure in the world, especially if Toronto doesn't uh, get Steven Stamkos. That becomes uh, Austin Matthews' uh, face of the franchise uh, role from here on out. Uh, Winnipeg Jets picking number two. Patrick Line is going to go here, six foot four, two hundred pounds. Uh, Ovechkin caliber shot. They don't build him like that anymore. Left winger. Uh, he's Finnish. Destroyed the World Juniors. Uh, had an excellent World Championship. Pure goal scorer. Uh, he, he skates, uh, he shoots, he hits, he's big, uh, he can do it all. Uh, I like his cockiness. I like, uh, you know, the constant interviews. I like his personality. I think he's a funny guy. Uh, I think he's working uh, extra hard. I think he's got kind of the Jack Eichel chip on his shoulder where he wants to prove he's better than, than the one guy taken before him. Number three, your Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, I believe they're going to draft the right winger 
Also from the same team as Patrick Laine out in Finland, SM Ligia, Jesse Pulayarvi, uh, six foot two, 196 pounds, uh, a more complete game than Patrick Laine. Uh, he, he's dependable in the defensive zone, offensive zone, not just a pure goal scorer. He's a, he's a playmaker as well, but he can finish. Um, now he's missed a lot of time with a knee injury that he's been rehabbing. He's going to miss uh, summer training camps. He missed the the uh, the prospects combine, the draft combine earlier a couple weeks ago. Uh, I still don't think it's much of a risk taking this guy. I know Yarmo Kekalainen, the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets, also a Finnish guy. I just think it's a nice fit. Uh, there have been rumors of Columbus trading that pick just because they are so loaded when it comes to the wing. They really, really could use a center. Uh, I just I just don't know what that trade's going to look like uh, to, to move up that high because Jesse Pulayarvi is a, an incredible talent. I can't see them passing that up. Uh, number four, Edmonton Oilers. Uh, probably going to take Matthew Kachuk uh, from the the. London Knights of the OHL. He's got some size too, 6'2", 188 pounds, goal scorer, left winger, plays with an edge. Uh, now, if only he played right wing, it would be phenomenal for Edmonton because that right side is pretty weak. Uh, but, you know, on the left wing, he'd be lining up behind uh, behind Taylor Hall for sure, probably second line. Maybe NHL ready, maybe go back to junior and destroy again for another year. We'll see. He's got an edge. Uh, again, rumors of, of Edmonton trading. Uh, I just don't think they're going to get the, the value. They seem to be pretty set on Kachuk. There's some other guys I'd let go on that team before I would to pass up Kachuk. Number five, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, this one's tough because I think they could go either way. They could go best player available, Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, of Cape Breton of the Q8, QMJHL. Pure goal scorer, uh, lots of points last year. He's a center. He's six foot two, two hundred pounds. You know those are needs for a team. But I could also see them taking Mikhail Sergachev uh, of the Windsor Spitfires, a big, big defenseman, six two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, the defensemen are tough in this draft because every week it seems to switch up between Sergachev, Yulovi. Uh, Chikrin, uh, you know, it just goes up and down. Jake Bean is sometimes in the t- top 10. Uh, you know, Dante Fabro moves up and down in those teens. We don't really know who's going to go where. So I think if Vancouver opts for a defenseman, I think they go Sergeyev uh, at this point. But I, I, my money would be they take Pierre-Luc Dubois uh, at, with the number five pick. Calgary Flames next at number six. Um, I think they're either they're if. Sergeyev is passed on by the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, I think they go Sergeyev. There's a chance maybe they take Alex Nylander. Uh, that is the younger brother of William Nylander. You may remember him from the World Junior Championship after uh, 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 William Nylander got headshotted into oblivion and forgot who he was and what he was doing. Uh, Alex Nylander sort of came in. He started running that power play. He really took over, took a hold of that team, uh, was one of the best players for the Mississauga Steelheads this season in the OHL. Uh, a great talent for sure. Uh, left winger, 6'1", 178 pounds. Has similar critiques to his brother. Uh, you know, when it gets physical, when the compete level gets ramped up, he doesn't really amplify his game to the same level. But again, this is just a kid. It could go either way. So Calgary, I think they're either in on Nylander or Sergeyev. Number seven, the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, they have been quite busy this week. Rumors of potentially... Uh, you know, making some moves, making some trades. They just signed Goligoski for five seasons. 
sorry, for $5 million per year, 5.5, I believe that dollar value ended up being. Uh, I think, you know, if Calgary goes Sergeyev, Arizona goes Nylander. Uh, they're just going to keep stocking elite young forwards. Number eight, the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, they have a few needs right now. Center, not really one of them with Jack Eichel, uh, you know, future franchise player, uh, as well as Ryan O'Reilly there for a couple more years. There's no real rush to get a, a centerman there. Um, they could use a few wingers, but I, I see them taking... Probably Oli Ulevi or Jacob Chikrin, one of the two defensemen. Chikrin played for the Sarnia Sting. Ulevi played for the London Knights. Uh, Ulevi, a little bit, a little bit more of a well-rounded game. People can say Chikrin at the beginning of the year, you remember, he was ranked very high, like a top five pick. He he slowly, slowly slid since then. Sarnia not a great uh, showing this year. Yolevi of the London Knights, obviously Memorial Cup champions. Uh, I, I think a, a defenseman is the way Buffalo goes here. They, les habitants, uh, the Montreal Canadiens up next. Uh, they got a few options. Um, now this one's interesting. I could, I could honestly see Montreal trading themselves out of the top ten. Uh, I think just going by typical sort of Montreal ways they've done thing in the things in the past I would not be surprised to see them trade into the low 20s to try and grab uh, someone like maybe a Julian Gauthier uh, but if if they do pick here Logan Brown still on the board six foot six center out of the OHL maybe not the most offensive guy on the planet still still a good goal scorer points guy but uh, I think that size is going to be very attractive to some teams um, and, and maybe the reason he, he makes the top 10. Uh, Colorado Avalanche are definitely taking a D-man at this point. Their D is absolutely atrocious. Uh, they need to get someone in there. Stat, uh, Chikrin's still around. They're going with Chikrin. Chikrin or Ulevi, whatever guy's there, uh, that's the way they're going. New Jersey Devils. Now this one's interesting. Uh, there's a guy named Clayton Killer. He played in the U.S. Under-18 National Development Program. Only five foot ten, 165 pounds, but pure just goal scorer, pure offensive threat. I think he fits in nice with the Devils there. Uh, you know, a guy like Pavel Zaka playing alongside him I, in the future. Uh, that sounds like a pretty good pairing to me. I don't think that's a team that's going to shy away from a smaller forward. I don't think they care as much. Uh, I think they just see those offensive numbers and go for it. Ottawa Center number 12 Tyson Yost I think that's where we're going uh, potentially Jake Bean now they do have CC in the system still Eric Carlson is still in his prime should have won the Norris this year uh, was robbed but anyways Tyson Yost you might not have heard the name because he actually played in the BCHL uh, something like 104 points in 48 games or something. Uh, now, most critiques will say, well, it's the BCHL. It's uh, it's not that good. But there has been a lot of great players churned out of the BC- BCHL. Uh, Brett Hall, uh, Carey Price, Duncan Keith, um, not-so-great players like uh, Tyler Bozak, other guys like that have come out of there. I think Luch spent a little bit of time in the BCHL. Um, but he played for Penicton. Uh Centerman, uh, pure offensive threat, just under six feet tall, 190 pounds. Uh, I think it's just an easy decision there. Carolina Hurricanes. 
Carolina's interesting at number 13 because they've actually got two picks in this draft. Uh, they also hold the 21st pick. So I think they're probably going to go defenseman forward, one at each spot. Now, I think they go Michael McLeod at this point from the Mississauga Steelheads. Line mate with uh, uh, Alex Nylander there, who we talked about earlier. But Michael McLeod, uh, centerman, six foot two, 185. Uh, but his biggest upside... His skating ability. Every every scout said his skating is top notch. He really is a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, skater. And for a guy that size and the way the NHL is trending, that's a huge upside. He can be a finisher. He can be a playmaker. He can kind of do it all. And uh, he's he slid up and down. At one point, he was a sixth-ranked skater in the draft. Uh, some people have him sliding as low as 15, 16. Uh, I, I think he's going to sit somewhere around there for Carolina to snatch up. Now, the Boston Bruins, also another team at 14, who's got two picks as well. This will be interesting. I think they could potentially go D-man, maybe Charles McAvoy, Logan Stanley, even Dante Fabro, or they go Kiefer Bellows of the USHL. Um, Boston's tough to say. I could also very, very well see Boston trading one of these picks. Uh, So we'll see what they end up doing. Past that, we got the Minnesota Wild. tough to say what they're going to do with this team pretty good on defense i imagine they go with a forward of some kind there's a few people there max jones kind of one of the overshadowed guys on that that phenomenal london knights team uh 6-1 grimy gets in the dirty areas maybe julian gautier a right wing for val d'or in the qmjhl 6-3 220 pounds this guy looks like a man he comes from a family of bodybuilders he's a gym rat 41 goals and 16 assists last year in the q um you know, that was a little bit of a unique season. The season before that, he was 30 and 30. He broke 30 in both goals and assists. So nothing to get too riled up about. But I do like that fact. I do like that he is a goal scorer. Lots of people have been taking it as a knock. Like, oh, 41 goals and only 16 assists? Bullshit. I don't care. The kid finishes. There's not that many guys, especially in this range of the draft, that are pure finishers, pure goal scorers. Uh, I, I, I really like him. I think he's going to be higher. I've seen him go as late as 20 to 23 in a lot of uh, mock drafts. I think he's going to be somewhere in those teens. I think the teams are going to take a ta- chance on the, that size and, and that scoring ability. Dante Fabro, like we talked about with uh, Jost or Yost, Tyson Yost, uh, also from the BCHL, six foot, 172 pounds. Interesting thing, he's the only right-handed defenseman of all the guys we've talked about. Sergeyev, Ulevi, Chikrin, uh, all the way up through there, even Jake Bean, they're all lefties. So if you're going for a right, if you have a severe need on the right side, which lots of teams do, uh, Dante Fabro's probably your man uh, not NHL ready right now he is committed to go to Boston College next year uh, which is a phenomenal development program recently churning out Hannafin and uh, Jack Eichel for the last draft so you know he's in good hands over there he will develop uh, a smart player tons of defensive points uh, he is just a all-around decent pick right here around this area in the draft uh, now there's some a couple wild cards I want to talk about who who may go earlier, who may go later, who may be a steal, who I would maybe avoid. One name that keeps popping up uh, that I would say avoid is Logan Stanley. Now he played for the Windsor Spitfires at the OHL. Now I think a lot of people have him in the first round because he's six foot seven, 
225 pounds. Uh, his his points are very minimal. Did not do that much stuff. Um, but I think I think teams just see that size. They see that reach on the point and think it's something that they can mold and really use in a few years. Um, I would say avoid. If you're even in the late late picks of that first round, maybe if you're in Anaheim or Boston's second pick or St. Louis, but I, I just think there's too many better players there. Another kind of wild card who's been all over the draft, uh, German Rupsov. Now he is not German; he's actually Russian, six feet, uh, 190 pounds. Now our sample size is very small because he was on that under 18 for Russia that uh, that team got suspended due to the the blood doping scandals uh, that we've been hearing about with Russian sports. So our 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 window for for what we've seen him do is very small, but what we have seen is very good. He seems to be a playmaker, but he can also finish. Uh, he he's a good power play guy, but also an exceptional penalty killer. He has a vigorous vigorous forecheck, especially on the penalty kill you see him creating chaos everywhere he goes he's an excellent skater Um, lots of people have him pegged to go around 15 16 to the Detroit Red Wings even Um, other people have him kind of the end of the first it's really hard to say if if a team has seen him enough and thinks that they can roll the dice on them uh, they might go ahead and do it another guy that's been slipping 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 you don't really know where he's gonna go exactly uh first round numbers but not nhl size alex debrincat from the ohl the erie otters uh right winger only five foot seven uh lots of people say probably closer to five foot six 165 pounds but he's coming off back to back 50 goal seasons in the ohl Back-to-back 100-point seasons in the OHL, beaten only by McDavid and Strom uh, when when they played along alongside him. So we have the knock though of he's only five foot seven. Realistically, probably only five foot six. He's small, uh, and then also, well, he played on an exceptional team. He had exceptional teammates. Uh, you know, he was getting top six minutes, and with a team as good as uh, Erie, you're playing with phenomenal players. Uh, but I I think he's. Man, he could slip. He could be an absolute steal for somebody in the second round. Um, I would, with those stats, I would have no problem with a team, especially the way the NHL is trending to the faster kind of speed game. Uh, a team taking him in the later rounds. He's small, but he's like he's like Patrick Kane and Drouin in these in these playoffs, and even Gadro. It's like he's small, but you can't catch him. He's so evasive, uh, but. What's interesting about Debrincat is he 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 does so much dirty work and he he scores so many of his goals in, in kind of the five foot five foot range of the net. He's always in there. He's always slipping through defensemen. Uh, you know, maybe a little bit tougher to do in the NHL when you have you know some six foot hulking man throwing you out of the crease. But interesting, he's he's not afraid to go to the corners. He's not afraid to do the dirty work, despite his size. Now, I think that covers the majority of, uh, of what is to be the first round, what to look out for, what to expect, um, some names kind of flying around, some trades potentially flying around. Uh, looking back at the list, you know, if, if we're going to gamble, I, I'd say Montreal would potentially trade themselves out of the top 10. Or if not, I could see them tra- trying to trade up, maybe to draft a Pierre-Luc Dubois. They could use help at center, uh, but I, I think the price on getting up there is going to be too, too high. Um, 
you know, I I would expect the New York Rangers to try and make a move to get a pick off someone who's got two, maybe one off the the Hurricanes or one off of uh, uh, the Bruins. The Hurricanes, have we seen, are very open to doing business if that means a prospect in return. The sad thing is the New York Rangers have pretty much emptied their cupboards when it comes to elite uh, prospects or even decent prospects. They they really traded the farm to make the, some cup pushes the last few years. So we'll see if they even have what it takes to be able to, to move up into this draft and get themselves a first-round pick. It'll also be interesting to see on draft day should teams make some moves to to clear cap space with uh, the with the UFA date drawing near of July 1st. Uh, now, there's been rumors that uh, Buffalo is going hard after Stamkos. They've got the cap space. Toronto has been rumored on Stamkos for as long as there's been rumors. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay still has time to re-sign him. Rumors circulating that the Detroit Red Wings are going to try to trade away the Datsuk cap hit to a team that needs to reach the floor. Uh, right now, it's looking like that is only Carolina or or uh, Arizona. I don't think they're going to be able to move it. I think they're going to get stuck with that cap hit. I think the price is just too high. Like It costs Chicago, Tievo Teravainen, a... a top-end prospect, regular NHL guy to get rid of the Brian Bickle contract. So I can only imagine what the asking price is to take the Datsu cap hit, which is, I believe, $3 million more than what the uh, Brian Bickle cap hit was. So I don't expect Ken Holland to make a move that will will hurt the franchise. But then again, he's got Polkanen and Yurko, who he's barely using. If the asking price is just, you know, a Polkanen or Yurko, I can see it maybe happening. But uh, outside of that, it's tough to say. All eyes will be on the Steven Stamkos sweepstakes. Another thing that makes this interesting is that as of yesterday, uh, the NHL has announced that the Las Vegas bid for expansion has been accepted we're gonna see them in the 2016 2017 season or sorry 2017 2018 season for sure we're gonna see an expansion draft now teams aren't quite scrambling yet to make moves in terms of who they have to protect and all that kind of stuff but it it is on the minds of everyone uh you know what are you going to do? You're going to protect Marc-Andre Fleury or Matt Murray? You know, What are you going to do? Protect Ben Bishop or Andre Vasilevsky? Uh, there's a lot of questions. Uh, a lot of teams hoping maybe they can shed a bad contract as this team will have to draft at least 60% of the salary cap, which we know for this season is staying relatively uh, controlled. Uh, the NHLPA opted to use their 5% kind of bump up. Uh, it's going to be at $74 million, I believe, so not much wiggle room at all there. Uh, but yeah, expect Las Vegas and, and some more moves. Maybe some people trying to shed some salary, shed some contract, and think of ways to protect players that they, they definitely don't want to see lost in this draft. Um, but I'm going to keep it short and sweet today. We did a very quick overview of the draft. I think we really hit everything that was important um things to look out for we're going to do a draft follow-up very soon after this weekend kind of pick some winners losers talk about if there are any trades anything crazy like that uh but again hit us up on twitter the half boards 19 check us out on facebook search up the half board show uh share this 
anything, just to spread the word, it helps a lot. Go into iTunes if you're an iTunes user. Give it a review out of five stars. Write some comments. Uh, you know, it, it really helps when people are sifting through, say, the hockey hashtag and trying to find a, a show that they think will will be good for them. Uh, we're going to shift gears a little bit this summer in the offseason. Now, I'm definitely going to hit on some some episodes where we review kind of what happened. We'll definitely keep up with news and stuff as that breaks. We'll have a free agency kind of thing. Um, but I'm, I want to take the show into more of a, a narrative style in, in the summertime. So my idea for this is trying to find a fan of all 30 teams in the NHL. And we're going to talk early hockey memories, uh, what brought you uh, to be a fan of that team, uh, who specifically, how you got into it, why did you choose that, were you born into it, uh, bad memories, good memories... Uh, because I, I think hockey fandom spreads, especially now. I think we're seeing uh, a little bit of a divide between the younger and older ages as stuff like advanced stats come into the game, things like that. But I think we can all kind of find some common ground in, in, in just the simple love for the game and how we got into it and who helped us into it and what helped us into it, what players were there, uh, you know, what coaches, uh, you know, how we grew up, how that changed. So, if you're a fan, especially of a fringe team, uh, you know, I don't need 700 people who all cheer for the, the, the Maple Leafs or, or the Habs, you know, that should be easy enough to find around here. But if you're, you're a fringe, fringe fan, somewhere, maybe you're in L.A., maybe you're in Columbus, uh, you know, maybe you're in Minnesota, something like that. Get in contact with me either at the Halfboard Show at gmail.com, uh, through Facebook, the Halfboard Show, or, or via Twitter. And uh, we're going to set up some sort of way where we can interact, interview style, and just talk puck back and forth. So thanks again for listening. Tune into the draft tonight. It's going to be good, it's going to be exciting. I expect at least a trade. Uh, you know, and even just to get to watch these kids come up to the podium and see their NHL dreams come true is uh, treat enough. So uh, I'm Kyle. Keep your stick on the ice. We'll see you next time. <laughs>